Welcome to the Anime Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 121. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and this is the second half of our Neon Genesis Evangelion discussion with our guest, Dawn, from the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. If you're looking for the first half, that's episode 120, so I'd recommend you go back and listen to that before starting this episode. In this episode, we start off by answering some questions from our listeners and then dive into the spoiler discussion of the end of the series and the movies. So without further ado, enjoy the second half of our huge Evangelion podcast. So before we move on to spoilers, we're actually going to answer a couple of questions. Then after spoilers, we will, we will answer questions that require spoilers to answer so that, you know, you can, you can stop listening after this uh, question segment if you haven't watched it yet and come back later and listen to the rest. Yay! So we're going to start with questions from our patrons. Who uh, So these are folks who gave at least $2 a month to the Annie Gamers Patreon uh, to get on the priority question queue. And we will try to get to as many as we can in the non-patrons list, but we, uh, we have a lot, actually, so we might not get to everybody. So first up is Fun for Chew. So there's this controversy about how Netflix changed Ava and it is the worst thing in the world. Do you actually think it's that bad? I mean, I'm just grateful to have a legal way to watch it all these uh, years later without having to spend $200 plus on a used DVD set. Or is my viewpoint on this wrong? So um, I'll answer and say, I don't think it's the worst thing. We didn't really get into it here, but there was a huge thing where people basically attacked the translator, Dan Konamitsu, for like basically not even implying, but directly stating that he was translating it with an agenda to like erase uh, the, what we'll talk about in the spoiler section, some, some homosexuality that is in the show. Uh, I really don't think any of that was really going on here. And uh, this was probably just, you know, a slightly too literal translation that's a little clunky at times. And uh, a key thing I would say is just, it is not like there are some issues with it, but it is not bad enough to make you not watch the show. Like I, I would not recommend that people find some other copy of it or something. Like this is a perfectly serviceable way to watch Evangelion. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I was really surprised at like how quickly and how almost out of control like some of the, uh, you know, discourse <laughs> went. Um, I mean, I, I did at first kind of think like, oh, it's it is a little weird that this and this happened. But, like, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, it's probably, like you said, it's probably not that deep. He probably didn't think about this stuff at all. Uh, I, I find that, like, it's not my favorite translation of it, but it is, it's fine. Yeah. Like, you're going to get and the gist of it. <laughs> one of the things that I said, uh, like, of the scene in question that people were getting really angry about, I, I posted about this on Twitter, is, like, you would have to be an idiot to watch it, even with the new translation, and not pick up on it being gay. <laughs> like, it's all right there. Yeah. Yeah, it. it it's I not mean, like it's erased from the show. It's just really poorly worded yeah. is the problem, and I get being kind of mad at it, but like I don't think it really needed to get. I I don't think people needed to get that mad at it. <laughs> Welcome to the internet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people were mad at it for like what a whole week, and then like now no one cares. Right. So. Also, <laughs> the internet. Yep. Anything, David, on the translation? Uh, the worst thing in the world is that Netflix has it. That's the actual worst <laughs> I, thing in the world. I will say, <laughs> Netflix. I'm going to say not it's good. Great. I'm gonna, I think it's good that Netflix has it because, uh, as you know, Netflix as much as I have issues period. with Netflix, I, I'll say in isolation it's good, right? Maybe maybe it's bad for a larger ne reason of Netflix. media consolidation, but it's good because 
Netflix has bigger reach than any of the anime-specific companies. And so there are more people who can watch Evangelion now on their Netflix oh, accounts, I right? See, I see who's lining your pockets, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> it's big streaming. I that's right. I can't believe I'm not getting any of that money. No, that's only for me. I'm kind of two ways about it. Like, I like that now people, like, literally who have wanted to see it for years, like, everyone has access to Netflix basically nowadays. Like, everybody at least knows somebody who's got a Netflix account. So so now it's, like, stupidly easy to watch it. Um, but on the other hand, I'm kind of sad that, like, Netflix is in the business of streaming and not so much yeah, physical true. media. So once their contract runs out who knows how long it'll be like it'll disappear again that's it it's not unthinkable that they would release home video i don't know if it's confirmed whether or not they have the rights for home video so they could i think it's really unlikely they have done home video releases for things so it's not like uh, it's not impossible i don't think that they're gonna bother for a stupid cartoon (laughs) it's really unlikely in my mind because they have such big name shows as Devilman Crybaby and Kakegurui and Little Witch Academia and we still don't have physical releases of any of oh, them. That's true. So yeah. I mean, they're more they're more interested in like uh drug dad homicide grim dark <laughs> blue filter T V series. So like Honestly, not a chance in hell that you're ever going to see Evangelion on a DVD. I'm still laughing at your description. I'm still laughing at your description of Netflix shows as drug dad homicide shows. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong. Which one am I describing? All of them. All of them. Every show that my parents watch, that they go, have you seen this show? The main character is so bad. Oh, they're terrible. (laughs) That's why you like them. But yeah, I mean, even the shows that Netflix does like put out, it's not that they put it out on right. physical they media. Like they, whatever, yeah. yeah, they sublicense it. So any of the anime that's on Netflix that gets a release has been like sublicensed to someone else. So unless Netflix is able to do that, then so somebody's got somebody's still gonna have to buy a license, and we already know how impoverished every anime <laughs> publisher is over here in America. Uh, okay, something mm-hmm. that is uh, bad about it, I will say, uh, and I, we had not talked about this, is "No Fly Me to the Moon." The ending song is taken out. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed oh, by fly that. Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that really sucks. disappointing. And I know that's like a licensing music right. thing, but at the same time, that's like a pivotal part of the eva experience because it's not just one version oh of it's a fly million different moon. versions of fly me to the moon <laughs> it's a <laughs> bunch this is why of i them. say that netflix is bad because netflix will just come up to you and be like you're gonna we're gonna make you skip the ending anyway so oh yeah get over it. yeah we are changing also, the way you consume things if any of you ever hit the skip intro button on evangelion you have no soul <laughs> i do hit the skip button and I, like ah. i hit it on eva <gasps> On Eva. Not every time, but sometimes. No. Like it depends on whether I was in the mood for it. It's a great opening song. Even it is like no. one of the greatest opening songs ever. No. Uh, but look, here's I was no. talking to somebody about this recently. My usual I policy is you. if I sit down for multiple episodes, I watch the first opening and the last ending. So I like bookend the whole thing with it, but then I skip in the middle. I think that's a perfectly reasonable way to watch. No, you have to watch it every single time. <laughs> no, Evan, that's too rational. It's law. <laughs> yes, that's too rational. Get out of here. Actually, with you lose wait, your otaku credit. With Ava, I watched 
every ending because I was uh, writing an article about it, so I was looking at the credits. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're tisk, listening to like tisk. the bad ending. Yeah, bad ending credits. No, but I was I was actually I forgot I was watching it um, on a DVD. Oh wait, you were. So I, I got oh, the okay, so you're credits. Good. I got Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah. But you're oh. still you're. I mean, we're still getting you off the podcast because you skipped. The, uh, the I did still skip. <laughs> How dare you? I already established on Twitter. I had a recent tweet where I said, uh, "If you shame people for skipping the opening, you're a cop." So I stand by my statement. Well, only, only, only a cop what? would call other people cops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. I am not a cop. To a question from Zane Holland. Just finished Ava. I don't feel any better about it than I did the first time I watched it. I'm just not a fan. All the existential BS and crazy imagery just turns me off. But when Asuka is kicking ass, I'm all about the giant robot fight animated super well. No real question there, just my feelings. Right, so. Oh, but he's got a couple of other questions. He does, but just to respond to that, yeah. uh, the existential stuff, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, and, like, you know, the crazy imagery. I understand people not being super into that. But, again, Zane, you got to pay attention to those character arcs. That's the core of it, I feel like. That is that is what this show is about. Um, giant robot fights well, are good, though. also... <laughs> Also, if you if you go into Eva like going, yeah, I'm gonna watch a bunch of robots fight, like you're gonna be disappointed because right. that's like that's not what the show is about. So, like if those are the kinds of shows you want, there's then lots of that. Eva might not be for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you might shows, have to yeah. go go watch Find you know something else. Yeah. Go go watch Mazinger Z or, or Mazen Kaiser SKL or something like that. Yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah. Or it's like wall-to-wall robots fighting robots. Go watch every other robot show because Evangelion invented the concept <laughs> of a robot show that's about the characters. Actually, that's absolutely true, Evan. That is, yeah. I'm glad you said it first. Yeah. This show is about uh, the politics, unlike Gundam. Unlike, hmm. uh, unlike, <laughs> unlike war is bad. Right. Um, this is yeah, totally th- th- That's an element we didn't even talk about here, but that, yeah, Ava did not invent the smart robot show wow a cool robot uh okay so question uh, another question or two more from zane here uh what are your thoughts on oh this is kind of modified because this is actually originally when uh, we were planning on having victoria on but i think it's relevant here uh what are your thoughts on big corporations getting into the anime industry will it be good for anime or will it eventually get so mainstream that shows like ava will not get made because they aren't meant for the masses let me just say zane so good because he's earning netflix money (laughs) yeah it's good it's all of it's good no (laughs) Um, I will say uh, shows like Ava are not getting made anyway, because <laughs> like <laughs> Ava yeah, is better we, than most anime we get today. <laughs> we have a lot of Eva clones pop up uh, every so often, uh, but that's about it. And they're usually not. They're basically like we want to try to be like Eva, but we don't quite get mm-hmm. what made Eva cool. So here's some angsty characters and some robots and a bunch of other weird BS. Yep. <laughs> that was my issue with Rosalfon. It was just like cryptic for the sake of being cryptic. I didn't feel like it it really uh, had the meat of Ava to it. Yeah. And there's a lot, I know there's a lot of people who are like very, uh, oh, this is so much better than Eva uh, when it comes to Rosalfon. And like that whole thing like kind of turned me off of ever watching it <laughs> because I was just like, I don't. Like, you can like a show more than another show, that's fine, but don't know that, like, I really love, like, Eva and tell me, like, oh, this is a million times better. Like, well, then I'm not going to watch it yeah, because, like, to... you you don't understand why I like this sh- show then. Like, are they trying to sell you on Eureka 7? Oh, that's another one that people <laughs> compare, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, Eureka 7 is not bad. It's a pretty good show. Like, 
I liked better it. Better than right. Evangelion? I would I wouldn't say it's better, but it's it's a different flavor, you know? Right, it's right. not quite the same. Uh and I think that's the problem. Like you can't really compare Eva to like most other It's a, shows such a different like industry that. now, right? Like you just can't Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's completely different. And if like it, and it would be stupid to, like, try to make something exactly like Eva because why would you? It, I, it already exists. Like, make something else, you know? So just to, to the point here about the, the question about, like, big corporations getting into the anime industry, I do think something to keep in mind is that big corporations, or at least, like, this isn't 100% new, right? So, like, I think mm-hmm. something a lot of people are not completely completely aware of is Aniplex is owned I think by ultimately I think it's owned by Sony Sony so it's like it's you know Sony is already in the the anime making business in Japan directly uh so Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that this is like the same thing because we definitely have more I think you know multinational corporations getting involved now with you know Netflix and Amazon right I think he's talking more about the lines of like, uh, Evangelion produ- uh, presented to you by, I don't know, Tesla. <laughs> oh, God. Not like a company that owns company that owns company that owns a company that can operate kind of with a bit of autonomy. Right, right. I, I mean, I think it's uh, bad. I mean, I don't like big companies. <laughs> I don't like big corporations yeah. getting involved in uh, pretty much anything. So I do ultimately think it is uh, going to be bad Overall, I think it has some good, like, knock-on effects in some ways, right? Like, p- like people getting access to Evangelion is a good, like, kind of local effect of it. Um, but I think that, you know, Amazon hypothetically producing anime would probably be even worse for animator working conditions <laughs> than the current state of things, oh. right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. And it's all locked into Amazon's little garden. And I would be worried about, you know, basically the Marvelization of things, this kind of like Disney monoculture. uh, Oh, yeah. For serious. I mean, it's no surprise that like Amazon's whole anime strike thing failed because like they didn't understand where anime fans were coming from. They didn't understand what they wanted. They just thought like, oh, the UI was horrible. Yeah, they just thought, oh, people like this anime thing. What if we just buy a bunch of anime and, like, plop it into our thing and make people pay, try to make people pay, like, even more money for a service that's already expensive? So, of course it failed because they didn't understand, like, what people wanted or how to make it work or anything. They just were like, we have a bunch of money that we can throw around. Why not try this? And we're still kind of seeing the repercussions of that because they still have a bunch of stuff that's like behind a paywall that like nobody can get to and most likely won't get any sort of release unless a company like sub license it or saves it or something like I'm still mad that there's no Wotakoi box set that I can buy. I think I've said I've probably said this on the show before to some in some sense, but I think that what is going to happen as a result or what is kind of already happening uh, as a result of these like companies getting into anime, which is like I think it's good and bad. Right. Uh, Just in terms of the anime Mm -hmm. industry specifically is a sort of like uh, like anime fandom can get wider, but like shallower. Right. And so like 
There is anime that is now, especially post-anime strike, there's this anime that's available on Netflix and on the general Amazon Prime streaming service that, like, lots and lots of people have, right? Like, frankly, more people than, like, Crunchyroll and High Dive and Funimation all combined, right? So there's, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people who have easy access to anime, and I think there are definitely people who are more casual fans who are not, like, you know, they're not listening to this podcast, (laughs) who, you know, they watched a little bit of anime, they would be interested in watching some other stuff if they hear about it. So, like, it it is good that those people can have more access to it. But I think that the companies are, I think, looking more toward those people than they are looking toward, like, our podcast audience, right? And so it's like a shallower kind of approach to it. So that's, you know, I I think it's pretty obvious what the negatives of that are, but the positives are are probably more people watching anime, right? (laughs) And this has been a kind of continuous process, Right. Because like I think in you could probably speak to this, Don, but like in when you were getting started as an anime fan, it was a lot smaller. Right. Than it is now. Oh, considerably. And probably more intense. Right. That's the thing. Like. Oh, yeah. Because the the barrier for entry was so much higher. mm -hmm. Like you had to really work to get stuff and not everything was so easily accessible. Like we were really limited on like what's being shown on TV, what's at the local video store, what's being fan-subbed, and can I find somebody who has access to those that I can get them, you know? Uh, Now it's, like, literally, if you have an internet connection, it's, like, really stupidly easy. Uh, But you also have to have the knowledge of, like, okay, where exactly do I find these things and stuff like that. Like, with Netflix, like, it's just kind of there, and it's always, like kind of in the corner and you can go like oh well maybe I can look at that and that's a good starting point for sure but like it's kind of like what you said if these big companies are marketing to the more casual fan then the people like us who spend like (laughs) all this money on like box sets and going to conventions or you know what have you like they're missing out on like so much more of an audience that it's like kind of ridiculous (laughs) like you just kind of look at them like what are you thinking like do you really want to cater to an audience that might watch like two things or do you want to cater to an audience that like will literally watch like I know some people Uh, who literally watch like 10 shows a season which is bonkers to me but (laughs) well this is like yeah that's crazy but uh the thing is that if you're running a streaming service uh, it mostly just matters uh, as a subscription streaming service. It mostly just matters that they watch enough to keep them subscribed, right? Not True. that they watch a yeah. lot. So in that sense, I, I kind of understand the business case that it's like, well, the hardcore people, they'll probably, if you have enough shows, they'll end up subscribing to you anyway. And the casual people, you just need mm-hmm. them to watch like one thing that they like every, you know, every month or every year every to keep year. them paying. <laughs> Sign up for the top <laughs> At least month. one. It's really complicated. Yeah. <laughs> last one here from zane uh is this kind of nostalgia good or bad i think because we have you on don so he's asking about nostalgia doesn't this show just make you think of how depressing and sad everything was and still is so why watch this when you could watch something like it would say yatsura <laughs> depressing and well, sad did you finish def- the show <laughs> i definitely know where they're coming from because like yeah or is great but like uh it's it's like you just said right now like the end of the of the tv series is so uplifting oh yeah 
Like, oh, it makes me want to cry. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I rewatched I watch it, it about I cry. five minutes before getting on the show, and I was feeling Aww. a little tear in the crying. corner of my eye. <laughs> yeah. Crying. Aww. I definitely cry, like, every time I watch it, because it's just, it, ooh, so many feelings. So many feelings. So Such a like, journey. It's a good cry, though. Yeah. So it's like a happy cry. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good cry. It's a cathartic it's, cry. Yes. It's a, it's a very, like, oh, my God. Like, yes, I can break down these walls that I've built up and I can let people in and I can be happy. Ooh, I mean, you we know. might be spoiling, spoiling things a little bit. But... Well, like, we won't get into details, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can you can be happy. That's like the takeaway yeah. is it's a good it's a good ending. It's a good ending. Uh, but I do also recommend like as a palate cleanser afterwards, like you can go <laughs> watch something like Urusei Yatsura and... Uh, be like okay yeah it's time to be happy and <laughs> and whatnot but um i do have a lot of people who ask about like you know is is it too too much nostalgia like to go back to these things all the time but i think it's also good to like look back oh. on these really like iconic things because they're iconic for a reason like there's a reason why people come back to eva so often yeah. it's well, just has evangelion ever left us I mean, it was out of print for like 10 years. So for some people, yeah. yeah, it did leave us. I almost feel like to like looking back at it, it doesn't even seem like that long of a time because we had we were like we were all talking about the rebuild movies for a while. Yeah, but they're not the same. Not the same, but I almost feel like Evangelion as a concept never Sure, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, the franchise from, wasn't completely gone. It's, you know, it's been kept yeah. alive. There were some people who they had never seen the TV show though, and the rebuild movies were like their first introduction to the series. I had people ask me like, "Should I watch those first? I'm like, "Oh no, you <laughs> watch find the TV show, please." Uh, yeah, I, nostalgia. Like, I'm I'm not a fan of this, you know, a certain kind of nostalgia, but nostalgia in the sense of like going back and revisiting things with a critical eye. Very good, I would say. Zane. Yeah. Totally. Super helpful to kind of like take a new look at it and recontextualize it in the modern day. I think uncritical nostalgia is uh, is not so good. I'm not a fan of it. At least, yeah. You kind of yeah, just I don't like, know look where... at things with rose colored glasses. <laughs> I don't know when I said right. this, but I definitely like made a post that was like along the lines of since the last time that I watched Evangelion, I was a completely different person from what I am now. So mm -hmm. looking my experience with Evangelion now compared to how it was then it's like wow I can really like see the difference in how I re oh, like, re totally. like read into these things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah when I revisited the series back in like 2015 I hadn't watched it in like a good five years and I was like oh wow I really am a, <sighs> a different person uh than the last time I watched yeah, this years. but it still yeah it still spoke to yeah, me like for me it was in, like yeah almost 10 years almost oh. that's like a big jump yeah definitely all right folks like, let's uh, uh do a little bit of a lightning round through some of these uh these other questions from non-patrons uh i'm gonna sure. pick some these are not in order in our notes uh okay so some of these will be you know quick and easy ones uh at sign duck nuts on twitter time to settle the debate that has tortured anime fans since 1995 who is the cutest evangelion character pen pen or jet alone oh. Jet alone. Uh, 
David? Come on, I gotta go with Pen Pen. I think I I thought I was gonna say Pen Pen, but then I thought about it a little bit, and I think Jet Alone is uh, no. is kind of moe. So uh, Jet Alone wins. Yes, <laughs> he is Pen very Pen. moe. Come on, my boy Jet Alone. Uh, let's see. We're, I'm doing some of the silly questions here. Um, uh, Brownstone Ed. Uh, I'm not sure how. Brownstoned with a second D. Have you tried Tang? Oh, I was obsessed with it in my elementary school years. Always had it in my lunchbox. Okay, nice. Oh, Tang is really gross. <laughs> I did. I have. I used to drink Tang when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know if I drank it after Evangelion. I don't know if that is related at all. <laughs> it's all the we'll the get, orange Tang yeah. jokes. Right, right, right. We'll get into it. Oh no, I'm aware of that. Nope. I'm saying I don't know if me not drinking it anymore was a, a result of watching Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no, I my grandma tried to get me to drink that, and I was like, oh, no, this is gross. Uh, Grant the Thief, a uh, friend of, uh, internet friend of all of us, I think, uh, asks, the DDR synchronization episode is iconic, but obviously a product of its time. If Ava were to come out today, what do you think would take DDR's place as the episode's gimmick? Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> I think David wins. Synchronized Fortnite? Uh, yeah, that might not be we true. We on a team. I, I was thinking more along the lines of like, you know how those, uh, how it's popular to like make TikToks where you sync up yourself <laughs> singing with something. But the angels I was like, maybe something like that. <laughs> We're doing like millennial Evangelion uh, Honestly, David, I think you picked like the Zoomer thing from like last year. But I think Dawn yeah. wins because she picked the Zoomer thing from this year. Just TikTok. Ah. <laughs> the most modern I was oh, just gonna say like some other rhythm gonna... game, like one of those one of those rhythm games they have at like Japanese arcades that are like inscrutable to me. That would probably work. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna predict yeah. and say that like Evan would have chose like the zo- the Zoomer thing from three years ago. And he would have said that's Overwatch. true. I would have probably said some other <laughs> game. Yeah, it's like oh Halo Three. That's what the kids play. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to think Battle of something toads. that would involve music. Battletoads. <laughs> Battletoads. <laughs> like, even when Battletoads became a meme, that was like, oh, God. That's still old. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick one from uh, at sign Final Fury K, friend of the podcast. How badly did you mispronounce Evangelion the first time you saw it? Anybody here say Evangelion or something like that the <laughs> first time you saw it? I think... <laughs> I think when I hadn't seen the show, before I'd seen the show, I wasn't sure how to say it. So I think I did say Evangeline. <laughs> I don't remember what I, uh, what I said. I probably didn't say it out loud until the, that guy at my mom's office mentioned it to me. So I probably, you know, he probably said it right. And so I probably learned the right way to say it. You mean you didn't say it like um, Robin Williams, Evangelion? Oh, Evangelion. People oh, do say that. Yeah. Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna show off and say that I was taking a Japanese class as I was watching Evangelion. It's not a Japanese so, word. Yeah, but like I was reading <laughs> it. I was reading the katakanas, Evan. Uh, let me just give a, a, a quick funny story related to this uh, at Crunchyroll. I might have told this story before. We had conference rooms in in our original office. We had conference rooms named after Evangelion. Uh, characters and things right and the big conference room where you know major meetings were held was called sale and i always thought it was really funny that there were three kinds of people at the office there were people who didn't know anything about anime who called it seal seal there were anime <laughs> fans who called it sale 
And there was the one guy who spoke German who was like, it's actually Zela. Zula. There's <laughs> 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 just like different That's levels great. of knowledge. I really appreciated it. Wonderful. I think we will maybe handle the rest of these after we talk about spoilers. We're already pretty deep into this, but let's talk about some stuff from the end of the show. If you haven't watched it yet, if you're one of the few people, turn it off now uh, and come back later. Leave the room. Yeah. Get out. Abort. (laughs) Abort. Okay. The end of Evangelion in the sense of the end of the TV series, but also (laughs) end of Evangelion in the sense of the movie. All the endings. We're going to just get, just let's get everything out. There's Tang, there's (laughs) Genitals. There's, there's being so uh, fucked the up. Ava series. Yeah. There's uh, heads Shinji, falling off. Shinji is so fucked up. That's the line is not in the uh Yeah, Netflix. in the new translation. It's not yeah. Psych-tay okay. Dot. So this is the one thing that I miss from the ADV dub. That was like that was the one bit of zest that I do miss in Shinji the, in says the fuck. Sin- Shinji <laughs> says fuck. It actually like I feel like it works. It's a bit of it that manga it's a bit of that manga, what was it 15-ing. called? 15ing. Yeah. But I thought in that moment, like, yeah, you know what, Shinji, you are fucked up. I haven't seen the the Netflix dub of the movie. Like, what does he say instead? Ooh, I'm uh, the worst or something. Do you which not is remember? Pretty, yeah, a fine translation of that. I'm <laughs> the lowest of the low. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's worse. still kind of that, that kind of conveys. It still kind of conveys the yeah. same idea, but eh, it doesn't have the right sort of like teenage Oomph. flavor. And that's like, it's because like it's one of the first scenes also in that movie. So like now, you know, like, oh, I'm in the theatrical Evangelion. It's like, oh, you know, no rules. This, There's no TV the, sensors to, to like, you know, stop the fun. This is the rated R one. It's rated R. So, David, you had mentioned before you really like the ending of the TV series. So that's the last two episodes where it gets super abstract and gets inside of the heads of the characters. I love it. And people like say that, like people complain that that came out of nowhere. That was actually kind of already in the show Mm. after the halfway point. Mm. Like you get some bits of that, especially the uh, angel that melts Shinji down. into just some particles. He's floating around. He's kind of got to think to like put himself back together. I don't think the concepts mm-hmm. of that ending come out of nowhere, right? Like, I think it is. Yeah. I, I think it is in keeping with a lot of what the rest of the show is doing, and I do generally like it. But what's. And I liked it maybe more, actually, the first time I watched it. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, okay, this is good in isolation. But the, the issue is just that all of the, the kind of more concrete stuff about what's going on in that world is just like tossed away for those those last two episodes right and it's not like i needed to know like i didn't i didn't need to see what was happening concurrently with what's going on in shinji's head but you don't even see what triggers like the 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 instrumentality project or whatever right like it literally there's no Mm -hmm. connective tissue between the end of the previous episode and the beginning of that next one so it's not like some you know it's not like they they kick it off and then you skip to this thing and then it's like okay well now we don't know cuz it's the apocalypse. You don't even realize that the apocalypse has started. Are we mm-hmm. are we attributing that to production issues or well, I thought, artistic I, flair? I mean when I was doing some research into it cuz I didn't remember the specifics of it when I wrote the article, that that did appear to be the case was basically that they had the Anno had the general idea of what would eventually be end of Evangelion planned out to be the last two episodes and they kind of opted i think partially for like yeah budget planning reasons to instead do this other thing which is i don't think it was like 
pulled out of their ass. I think it was, you know, in keeping with the rest of the show, but was not not the like more kind of concrete, like seeing what is happening in the world. And instead it was just in Shinji's head. But I think it's missing, like mm-hmm. it's missing probably just like 15 minutes of explaining how you get from point A to point B. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Like the first time I ever saw the ending, I thought like, well, someone had told me like, oh, the ending is so wild. Like it, it's, it's totally going to just like mess you up because it just comes out of nowhere. And it's so different and it's so weird. But I kind of expected that. I was like, I don't think this is as weird as you, like, built it up to be. <laughs> like, I feel like it's very in line with everything. Yeah, it is It is so not far. that weird. Yeah. Like, I, I was like, okay, I definitely get that, you know, as time went on and I found out, like, oh, well, a lot of this looks a little, like, rough because of production. I was like, well, that makes a little more sense because I was like, it doesn't seem as visually nice <laughs> as the rest of the show see i like i like but, the sort of uh I'm not, i wouldn't want to call it punk aesthetic but definitely lo-fi uh low yeah like there's like a lo-fi <laughs> look to it but it still feels like they've got their signature stamped well, on it and they use it as well they yeah. use it pretty well because what i really like mm-hmm. is that the, the the fact that it's using all these raw production materials actually works in nicely with the idea of shinji kind of breaking down the the, yeah. like breaking down reality to its base components and putting it back together and it's like yeah okay so you break down the anime itself to like a storyboard and a rough script sketch and a script right, right? he's literally reading the script of the there's, show at one point there's literally yeah. a bit where he's like gotta draw the floor in yeah 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 as a kid it reminded me of that one looney tunes episode um where like donald duck is like okay now do this and draw this for me and like you know <laughs> it was very fourth wall breaking i think anna is a fan like, of well, looney tunes so that <laughs> or, yeah it, like he yeah, has he's a fan of like slapstick, he, he, slapstick cartoon stuff i think he's a fan of like tom and jerry yeah yeah so like when it's like you said like how it's an anime and everything's falling apart like that would be a visual representation of how this world is falling apart is like now we're breaking the fourth wall and like oh yeah we are an anime so <laughs> we're well, now we're just weird rough sketches and all this other stuff and, so, and not even like, just it from made an ap- sense to me yeah not even just from an apocalyptic perspective but also from the perspective of like shinji is basically trying to figure himself out from first principles and so the idea that yeah. like like, I actually really like, like, one of the, the best images in that whole thing is the parallel of him kind of talking about, like, well, maybe there can be a world, this is, like, right near the end, where he's like, maybe there can be a world where I can be happy, right? And it's okay for me to exist. And, like, that's expressed through the idea of, like, effectively, maybe I could make an anime where I exist. It's, like, it's literally at the level yeah. of the, the text itself where he's, like, looking at a script and being like, I can write a script... This isn't said directly, but it's implied. It's like, I could write a script and animate a show in which Shinji is happy, <laughs> right? So it's like broken yeah, down to yeah. the components of the show. And he's doing all of this while he's like, he's like turned into like a dot, a ball, a square, mm. a bird. He's like, you know, it's like yeah. all like the kind of little, little uh, bit of animation practice that people get in. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, you know, I, can, I can do a bird transforming into a sphere. Yeah, it's, it's actually, it's really cool. The idea that like, it's not like he realizes he's in an anime, but it's just this thing of like, this is an anime, this is a, this is a fictional world, and you could make a version of this fictional world where Shinji's happy. Yeah. In effect, you have to think about right. what you can turn your world into. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then at the end, you know, he's like, he realizes, like, oh, I can do all this. And then it turns back into, like, a, a more polished, like, animated mm-hmm. thing where everyone's like, hey, congrats, you figured it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I do definitely like, like, where it ends up. And I think that's, that ending is the thing that definitely makes me just be like, yeah, this, that's what the show's about. Right. When when Anno had to trim the other stuff out, he trimmed it down to Shinji's arc of learning to like love himself and to live in the world. And that like mm-hmm. that's it. That's what it's about. Like <laughs> it's not about the robots yeah. and the apocalypse and all that other stuff. Not that's not the core. Yeah, the core was always like these characters and their feelings and the journey that they go on. And Shinji was always like basically the main character so of course they're gonna be like okay well if we have to focus on something then shinji because yeah you know well, that's the most I think obvious we're dis- thing. i think we're maybe not giving enough credit because they, i definitely recall some bits where it's like okay here's uh the world according to asuka mm-hmm. here's the world according to ray and Misato oh yeah yeah, yeah. And so on i mean in oh, general sure. the yeah. characters are the focus but specifically obviously shinji because he's the main character right yeah, yeah. Like shinji yeah. Sh- i feel like shows up first and then things end with shinji I think yeah. something that's interesting, too, about these endings, and this can maybe get us into End of Evangelion, is that what I had forgotten is how much of the things that people associate with the show, like these kind of spoilery reveals, are n- not revealed until like near the end, or in some cases, I think, not even revealed at all in the show, and like are only revealed in the movie. Like, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I took a note about this that I was, I was looking back over my notes like while I was watching it, that I don't even think... Ray being like a clone of of Yui of Shinji's mother is like even directly confirmed in the show. It's like implied. Oh no, yeah, it's definitely confirmed in the show. I can't remember if it was. There's the scene. There's like one of the. It's like one of the last scenes in the TV show where they're in the um, they're underground. Risco's showing them the tank full of oh, Ray clones. Her being a clone is revealed, but I, I think even I think the thing where like she is Yui is like only implied and not even directly I feel like, stated. Like a lot of that. No, I, yeah, I feel like a lot of that is just subtext. Right. Yeah, I I think they might have maybe flat out said it in the movie, but it's been so long since I've seen it, I cannot. Yeah, it, it is. It is but said, like, I think, in the movie, but not like yeah, in, but, end, in End of Evangelion, but not actually in the show, in right? The and it was sh- like weird that yeah. like that's a thing people always say about Ray, and it's like that's only there at like the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I you mean, need it literally. It's like right. said, like spelled out to you in the show because there's a lot of clues all over the place. Yeah, I was gonna Especially say like. The first time I ever watched it, like, it was, like, a shock. But, like, mm-hmm. when you go back and you watch it, you're like, oh, the clues were Yeah, she looks like there. her. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, she can pilot an Evangelion. Mm-hmm. I think dummy plugs are based on her. Yeah. Gendo spends so much time with her. He really, like, almost to a crazy amount. Also, there's, <laughs> there's the way that the... Um, unit one reacts i think yeah, yeah. once unit one is closer to shinji and then they try to force ray in and it's like complete rejection mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so end of evangelion is like i don't think i necessarily needed it you know i think that uh basically rebirth like the first half of end of evangelion is the the part that is like what i was saying is missing in the tv series and it's like supposed to be episode episode like 25 prime or whatever they call it right it's like those are supposed to be the equivalent to what's happening in the tv show and uh mm-hmm. th- like that stuff is it, i like end of evangelion a lot but it's basically like all i needed really 
all I needed like at its core was just that connective tissue of like, okay, how did we start the apocalypse, right? How did that end up actually happening? But, uh, but once I actually, you know, watched end of Ava, uh, I think it, it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's worth it. That movie is a, a trip and I think does actually answer some questions that it was like, it's helpful to actually kind of have some more concrete answers to just some of the stuff going on in that world about like, who's Sele? What are they doing? What was Koru up to? <laughs> right. The The movie is kind of weird for me because like, I like it, but in some aspects I don't. Like, I'm perfectly fine with just ending the show where it ended. Like, that yeah. was satisfying yeah. for me. And I feel like there's a lot of parts of the movie that are a little too cynical. Mm. Uh, that well, I think the I'm ending, like, the actual uh, final ending is, is fairly cynical. And I kind of don't like that compared to the end of the TV series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like where the movie ended. Like, when I, the first time I ever saw it, I was just like, that does not make me feel good like the end of the show did <laughs> like this makes me feel kind of like upset <laughs> and i also don't know Which, like just like... concretely if i try to piece them together i after i watched it for the article i was just like i don't like i thought i kind of got the basics from the show and if you watch the show and you watch like death and rebirth i think it gives you a pretty clean concept of what's going on and then like when mm -hmm. you get to the end of end of evangelion with asuka and shinji on the beach it, it doesn't make sense anymore. It's like, well, I thought the whole point was that like Shinji figured out himself. And then you right. can assume that maybe the world goes back to something like normal or he reconstructs the world in some way. Like it's just the point is just that Shinji learns to be happy. Right. And that like you're, yeah. you're good now, yeah. even if you don't know specifically what happens. But then you see this like concrete answer of like Shinji on a beach with Asuka and like they still hate each other or maybe not. And it's like not 100 percent clear. Yeah, well, I think that also goes back to the fact that, like, a lot of the, in, so it goes, a lot of the inspiration of the movie came from, like, fans mm -hmm. in Japan not liking how the end of the TV show was, and they were like, where are our answers, like, and Anna was just like, well, fine, fuck it, here's your answers, are you happy now, like, mm -hmm. yeah, he, had mm -hmm. a, he had a pretty bad uh, reaction to that feedback, and then the end of Evangelion happened, it's like, there you go. Yeah. So so to me it always felt like there was like this undercut of like bitterness to it that I just couldn't really gel with 100%. Like there's good parts of that movie but like other parts I'm just like uh, Yeah. I I would I say the, the parts I like in it. I I like a lot of it. I I'd say I like it overall. But like the Yeah. Uh the, all the Oscar parts are pretty great and I I feel like her story doesn't really get a lot of like it doesn't get full closure in the TV series. And so I appreciate that she gets, you know, she goes from, she's basically like comatose at the end of the show. Right. Uh, or something like mm -hmm. that. I forget if there's like a scene or two of her not being comatose before the end. Um, right, yeah. Cause she got hit by like some, uh, Ode to joy rays. Yeah. Or I guess she, she's not comatose, but mm -hmm. she's like, she's out of commission. Right. She's ha had like a breakdown. Yeah. And then like she has, she's in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> And then she has that kind of like connection with her mother through the Ava and, uh, you know, has this final stand, which I understand is very like, you know, it's like, oh, fine, here you go. Here's Asuka fighting. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think it, it gives her this nice like this gives her a bit of closure and like this feeling of like connection with her mother, which is like a big um, part of why she's fucked up. Right. Yeah. And we also get like, you know, Shinji gets to see Kaoru one last time, sort of. Yeah. 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 And I think the apocalypse scenes but, are good. 
Like that they, they are just imaginative yeah. and weird and, and they stick in your memory. Like I do like that stuff. All the, the montage with Kamsa It's the culmination. Yeah. It's the culmination of all that theology and sexuality and psychology and all of it just coming tumbling down. Tumbling down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it goes. Yeah. I do I I do think like some of the imagery of like uh the giant ray like falling apart is like truly some of the most horrific and cool mm -hmm like animation yeah. to, to like ever come out of that era it like it's so like haunting and just like oh every time i see it i'm like oh it's so disturbing but also just so good like the um, only only words exchanged are the ones in the in the song aren't they and those images themselves can just you know you could just write and write essays about them just yeah. what it means and i just and like, i really I appreciate yeah. how weird it's willing to be right like it's it's almost at the level of something like uh i didn't even think about this when i rewatched it but it, it almost makes me think of something like belladonna of sadness of just like being willing to be kind of sort of abstract and and sexual and disturbing and and like at this level that you just really don't see and you know certainly not in tv anime right yeah definitely and i really do like a lot of those parts because like when you think about it ray is sort of like a horrific character mm -hmm. and so this is like basically blowing that aspect of her character like out of proportion like skyrocketing it uh so it, it was really cool and really interesting and different which i appreciated but yeah like i, I didn't really like the ending like as a i will whole. yeah like as, i'll say to that point i don't i'm not going to claim that i actually understand in a concrete way, what happened in End of Evangelion? Mm -hmm. Like I had to go, look, <laughs> I had to do some googling to be like, okay, wait a sec. So who? What is? I don't. Who? What is Gendo trying to do? What is Shinji trying to do? What is Ray trying to do? And it's like it's sort somewhat clear in the movie, but it's really not all completely <laughs> clear. And I kind of walked away still being confused. Yeah, and I think some of that's like purposeful. Mm -hmm. Like I think that's still a little bit of like the bitter edge that Ano like put in there that was like you you want like closure well here's a bunch more weird yeah, shit yeah. figure that out if i'm gonna i'm gonna try right <laughs> here just because we're on a podcast talking about it, i'm gonna try to explain what i think happened and people will can yell at me and like you know email us at podcast at here we go. Com. i think so what is it sale wanted to do one version of the apocalypse uh maybe human instrumentality or something or maybe that's what gendo wanted to do gendo wanted to do a different version of the apocalypse but just so that he could reunite with yui and then that's basically ray betrayed him to save shinji and he wanted to be tang with her forever yeah and i th i think ray betrayed him and did a, a different or like cancel the apocalypse I idris elba yeah, apocalypse you know. is canceled <laughs> <laughs> uh in order to save Shinji, maybe. And then Shinji has his whole internal thing. And then I really don't understand what's up with Shinji and Asuka on the beach at the end. But I guess everybody else has been instrumentalized it's and a, turned into Fooly Cooly. It's a, it's a metaphor for bad sex that leaves you limp and cold at the end. Okay, interesting. I realized I like <laughs> accidentally just said Fooly Cooly because it's LCL. And I just I went straight into that. <laughs> You know what? Like, you have to like think about what the what else is going on in, I guess, Anno's world when he's making this sort of thing, and just like now with Evangelion actually a thing, like a TV series that people have watched and have you know very uh, heated feelings about. Um, Anno can't exactly work like just in a bubble. He knows that there are a lot of crazy people out there. 
that want more Evangelion. Mm-hmm. And I really don't see like a, 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 like a a way in which you could make all like a majority of people happy when it comes to Evangelion, especially, you know, just what it is and what it means to so many different people. Well, as we learned from the uh, TV series Neon Genesis Evangelion, you uh, can't just constantly seek to make everybody happy and you need to focus on making yourself happy. (laughs) Which is ironic because that's kind of what Anno was trying to work through while making this. So let's uh, try to answer a couple of questions that are a little related to this and then we are done. So... I think that one of them related to this with in terms of Anno is uh, this is from, oh boy, I'm not going to be able to say this Twitter handle, but uh, W-Y-R-M with... Worm with Y-S-F-W. Yeah. Uh, do you think creating Evangelion ended up being a good thing for Hideaki Anno as a person or as an artist? It's a good question. Oof. It's hard. It's we can't that's really, a really answer for Anno. Yeah, we don't really know. <laughs> yeah, that's a really... Yeah, that's a really tough question. Like, I feel like that's something you'd have to ask him because I feel like, you know, he made a successful anime, to be sure, but, like, also he suddenly became, like, a household name, whereas before he was mostly, like, known to just other otaku. So... There was was another question, and then they linked us to, uh, like, an interview, like an old interview with Anno. Yeah. And that was from uh, at sign KBnet underscore. It it, se- it seems like from even then, like even in in the late nineties, Ano had this period where he was just you know like an anime nerd, and she's like you know I like I like anime, I like I like these things, I want to I want to make them my own, and then kind of like very like very quickly afterwards, he has like grown up in in a way where. Mm-hmm this Anno that's doing the interview is like a lot more chill with his passion. I think it's like more of like a, he, he's like not going to like fly off the rails and like start, you know, doing like a, a, a blue blazes esque Anno where he's like rattling off all sorts of <laughs> trivia about anime. Um, he really, I think he like, he's, he has seen what Anna, like, like the power that anime has over people. And he's, like, mm-hmm. a little bit afraid of, like, his own abilities. Yeah, I, I get the sense that this was good for him. It's hard. We can't know for sure. But it's such a cathartic show that it's hard to believe that, like, he didn't get something out of making it, out of, like, conveying this story. Because you can totally see him, like, working, especially in those last two episodes, him working through his own thoughts on things, right? And it yeah. feels almost like mm-hmm. reading an essay from Anno about just, like, thinking through his own brain. And so it feels to me like mm-hmm. the sort of thing that would have been very cathartic for a creator to to make and put yeah. out there. I would I would want to say though, like I I'm pretty sure he probably didn't have like everything worked out by the end. It wasn't like a clean finish because there's never a clean finish. He's like he's probably still working things out to this day. Oh yeah, I mean he might have discovered some things about himself that he didn't know before, and that probably felt good uh, as an artist, especially like that's very satisfying. But that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I'm better now. It just means you know yourself better. He's better equipped to live his life. Yeah. So now he he's like, okay, so I have a name for these things that I'm going through, and I recognize this. Um, you know, as someone who I, al- I also, uh, you know, have had 
depression and anxiety for like most of my life now. Uh, but recognizing that when I was younger, when I realized, oh, these are why I'm having these feelings, that felt kind of empowering because I knew it wasn't something wrong with me. It was just something about me, if that makes sense. All right. Uh, last one, I think also about Anna, since we're on the subject and then we will, uh, then we'll, we'll wrap up here. This is a good one to end on, I think. At sign build casters. If you look at Hideaki Anno's body of work in its entirety, do you consider Neon Genesis Evangelion to be his magnum opus? Good question. Hmm. hmm. Any Kano fans in the Yeah, David, I know you're a Kano fan. I haven't seen the <laughs> oh, whole thing. Oh, don't get me started on Kano. <laughs> oh, I I also love Kano like a whole lot. Um it's really hard to say because like as an artist you want to just keep making things so to us that might be like the best thing he's ever made but since art is subjective like he might think it's garbage now yeah. like it's hard to say i mean i'll come out and say i think it is like i i haven't seen everything that he's made and i but most of what mm -hmm. i've seen i like quite a lot like i don't think i've ever seen anything from mono that i don't like but I think Ava is the most ambitious of anything that he's made. And I think the most like um, it, it has it has like a message that sticks with me the most strongly of anything I've seen from him. Yeah. So, again, like I haven't seen all of Kari Kano, so I, maybe I'll watch Kari Kano and decide that it is, you know, sticks with me more than <laughs> Ava. But we'll see. <laughs> I would agree that out of all of his works that Eva is probably the most that has stuck with me as well. I mean, I really also like Gunbuster is really high yeah, up yeah. there, but I wouldn't say that's like as much of Anno as this work is. True. Like, I feel like more of Anno, more pure distilled Anno is in Eva than in Gunbuster. Yeah. Gunbuster's got uh, like Yamaga and other people kind of with their fingers in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's probably my favorite and so objectively it's the best but uh <laughs> but uh also from just a success standpoint like it's his most successful thing uh and it's the thing he's most known for so if you're judging it by those things then yes definitely it's a shame though that not more people know like love and pop mm. Uh, it would be nice if, like, those kinds of things were, uh, like, not out of print and cost, like, a bajillion dollars on the secondhand market. Was that ever put out on DVD I here? so. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you know what? I feel like, yeah. Yeah. David, are you going to yeah. come out and be I... like, his magnum opus is the Cutie Honey live action movie or something like that? <laughs> yeah, dude. I just said love and pop. That's it? You're going to say that's uh, it? Okay. Yeah. That's him. It's, uh, it's uh, his I Ultraman think... student film. Oh. I mean, yeah. That's... <laughs> Wow, that's a piece of art. Isn't isn't he supposed to be doing the new? He's Ultraman doing Shin Ultraman. Out? It's him and uh, and yeah. Shinji Higuchi. I'm really excited. I'm not even an Ultraman fan. I'm just excited. It's like being excited for your like friend to get a promotion at work or something. I'm just like really happy that he <laughs> yeah, gets to job. make Ultraman <laughs> for the job that he always wanted. Like he got his dream job. Yeah. He's gonna make Ultraman. Like. Like, how, how cool is that? I mean, hopefully, like, I was really excited when he was going to do a Godzilla, Godzilla yeah. and I was kind of, and I was kind of, eh, on it. Like, it's, you know, it's all right, I but like I wouldn't it. say I it's like, like you know, the, it, I wouldn't say it's the best Godzilla thing, though. So, 
Um, but I am really excited because, like, I know I know how big of an Ultraman fan he is. So he, he it's even more than Godzilla. That's bigger, much bigger to him. So the real question is: Is it going to be better than the Shinji Aramaki Kenji Kamiyama Ultraman? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see that one. The joke is, it definitely will be. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the one that people thought was pretty bad, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, yeah. so that is uh, that is it for us. This is a long podcast. We will see. I might decide to split four it. Four hours. I might decide. It's not four hours, David. <laughs> Five hours. Uh, I mean, I, everybody else can log off. I can sit I can sit here for another hour and a half. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, before we head out, Don, where can people find you online, find your stuff? Uh, well, if you're on the social medias, I'm on Twitter at Bunny Cartoon. If you love uh, weird tweets about old anime and pictures of my big fat orange cat, you can find me there. Um, if you want to find my podcast, uh, it's on most uh, podcast catchers. If you look for the Anime Nostalgia podcast, uh, you can also find it on the blog at animenostalgia.blogspot.com. Blogspot. Still doing it. That's cool. Yeah. Because it's free and I'm broke. Um, I don't have a Patreon. I do have a cof- uh, Ko-fi mm-hmm. where people can leave me oh, tips. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah, put that for up. Sure. And, uh, we'll if, link that. And if they leave me two or more tips, I give them a spe- special shout-out on my podcast. That's sort of like a Patreon. Ooh. Yeah, we'll, uh, I'll make sure to link that in the uh, show description. David and I are writing for Otaku USA magazine. I've got AnimeBurgerTime.tumblr.com, and David is streaming video games every Saturday night at twitch.tv slash woosmallbean. What are you playing? Uh, I mostly just stream myself drinking a single White Claw <laughs> and having conversations and calling with the audience. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, okay, no more games now. David, just like the end of Evangelion, David has, has you know, broken down, you know, the, all concepts of video games are gone. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, is just a dot that's turning into uh, a pac-man that's going walk, yep. Walk, 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 yep. Walk. Um, you can check out show notes blog posts and a link to the official Andy gamers discord on andygamers.com we have a patreon support us on patreon.com slash gamers to get into the priority question list and access bonus articles and podcasts uh, that is uh, $5 a month or more if you want the bonus uh, bonus episodes and things like that. And the most recent one just released a couple days ago, uh, before you know, a couple days before the uh, the recording of this podcast, is uh, my interview with Yoshihiro Watanabe, the uh, anime producer at uh, at Otakon. So that one was a pretty good episode. Check that out. You can email us questions, responses, and topic suggestions at podcast at anygamers.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm at sign VAMPTVO, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. David is at sign QX20XX, and Anygamers is at sign Anygamers, one word. And I'm on Mastodon at VAMPTVO at mastodon.social. David is 20XX at caro.ccsakura.jp. Back online. My server's back. He's back. And uh, finally, episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. And please leave us some reviews on iTunes and on Stitcher to help more people find the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Dawn, for coming on the show and sitting with us to talk about this. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always fun to talk about one of my favorite things, which is Eva. I don't often get a chance to anymore. We are happy to provide that opportunity. We will see you all again in two weeks. To David, thank you. To Don, farewell. And to all the children, congratulations. Congratulations. Aww.